Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Office Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. So, welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks, Ken. Really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on board. Um, very interesting always, I find, is how you tell your customer story. And also, I mean, also, it's interesting to learn about how that can add value to the business. But before we get into that discussion, could you please maybe tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I've spent the last seven or eight years mostly in technology, SaaS-type companies, kind of Series C, Series D typically in customer success, customer support, or operations-focused roles. And yeah, really passionate about, you know, kind of how the customer experience teams can help articulate and define the story that your users or customers have across the company. So uh, yeah, this is a topic that's near and dear to me for sure. Prior to kind of joining the startup and SaaS world, I spent the first half of my career at a large bank and brokerage company, uh, also in customer service, customer experience type roles. So um, yeah, I've been been doing this pretty much my whole professional career. Cool. Okay, so just for the audience, maybe I might just simplify it first. So when we talk about telling a customer story, could you give us your understanding of what that is, firstly? And then it would be good to understand why so many companies fail at doing this. Yeah, I, I like to think about the customer story as kind of a conversation that you're having with your customers or even potential customers or former customers. And you know, the way that I like to think about how any company interacts is sort of always having a conversation. And that starts, you know, as early as the kind of sales and marketing rhythms, how do you message and position the product or service that you're offering all the way through, you know, implementation, go live, renewal, you know, even afterwards, sort of the post-churn experience potentially. And, you know, the story to me is really how a customer interacts with all of the facets of your company. But then more broadly, I think the area that many companies struggle with is how do you sort of capture those good, bad, or indifferent sort of touch points? And then how do you sort of leverage some of the conversations that your internal teams are having to improve that journey, improve that story? So yeah, I think it means a lot of different things to yes. a lot of different companies, depending on where they are in their journey. But ultimately, it kind of comes down to how do you understand that conversation that your company is having with customers? Okay, cool. And so, I mean, obviously I'll come on to the next, obviously, how we approach that. But why do you think so many companies fail at doing this? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in my experience, where challenges can sometimes come in this area is... They really haven't spent the proper time building out the communication channels or mechanisms to really receive and understand this feedback. And that can take many different shapes and forms, things like having the right tools to understand and analyze your data, to have the right team structure or maybe leaders in the right places to be listening for and providing that feedback. You know, it's a pretty common pain point, I think, in a lot of smaller startups where 
you know, there's a feeling that the teams are very siloed and, you know, they're kind of all working on individual items. And, you know, that to me is, is a really important symptom of the same problem, which is there's not a good mechanism or channel for teams to communicate or provide some of that two-way feedback. It's going to make understanding the customer feedback even more challenging. And so those are two big areas. Yeah, I think also this kind of topic of sort of feedback and listening just isn't, you know, always a priority early on in a company's, you know, sort of growth. And so it's something, you know, as someone who probably has a little biased opinion since I spent so much of my time in customer facing roles, but you know, to me, it's really, really critical. I think the way I've always talked about it on the support side of my teams is, you know, a support organization, in my opinion, has two primary functions. The first is to provide a great experience, whether that be, you know, solving a problem, education, you know, whatever that might mean for whatever particular company. But the second most important thing is I feel that the support mechanism of providing that feedback and really kind of articulating back to the rest of the company where customers are experiencing joy, where they're feeling pain, what areas of the product are causing them friction. That's probably the the second most critical function, in my opinion. And I think the area that, that many teams don't prioritize as much as they should. And then, you know, lastly, I think just especially earlier on in the in the journey, there's just not a lot of tooling or systems or kind of process around it, right? It's got to be something that I think you're always talking about as a company and, and listening and reacting and receiving that feedback. One of my old CEOs used to sort of parrot the phrase quite a bit, which was feedback is a gift, right? And it sounds kind of cheesy and cliche, but you know, it, if you are a service or a customer-minded company, it, it has to be at the heart of everything you're doing. Be it good or bad. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. So tell me, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, you worked with many companies. So in your experience, what is the best approach here in terms of telling the customer story? Yeah, I like to steal um, and kind of modify a little bit of a phrase that's popular with Six Sigma, which is you can't improve what you're not measuring. So I think that's probably the first kind of uh, tentpole of my approach is you know, anecdotal and sort of general feedback is helpful and useful and has its right time and place. But I've always found that those messages land much more impactfully if you can tell your story with data. So I think that is kind of step one, right? Is do you have the right tools and mechanisms in place to really understand and articulate in the right way, the size and scope and um, you know, start to attribute some of the things that you're seeing and feeling in the right way. I think it's also really important to kind of align some of those listening mechanisms to either the company objectives or the metrics that matter, right? And so if, if you can tell that story in a way that ties directly back to something that is a shared goal across teams or is a North Star for the company, it helps those messages resonate even uh, even more. Sorry to interrupt you. Could you give us like some examples when you say, how do you measure that? Yeah. So, you know, I think for in the SaaS world, a pretty common company level metric might be churn or an expansion goal um, or net retention. So anytime that you can start to say, you know, from a customer experience perspective, here is the percentage of churn that's related to, you know, this issue or this service gap or this competitive disadvantage that we have on the support side, that might be, you know, what percentage of cases could a user have done on their own and not needed to reach out to support for if we had, you know, maybe better or more robust um, knowledge content type of things. So 
I think those are some of the ways that you can start to tie, you know, maybe more specific examples to a more broad concept across the company. You know, anything that can come back to dollars and cents is uh, usually a, a, an important <laughs> driver too. So, you know, just kind of tying it back to a larger message or, you know, trying to draw as many of those parallel lines as you can back to the things that matter across the company, I think is really important. Cool. I think, you know, the the other part of sort of storytelling that's really important is kind of building the right relationships across the company. You know, I think about kind of reflect back on where I spend most of my time and energy in a given day or week. And a lot of the work that I typically am doing is kind of building and forging those relationships, understanding the priorities of the other teams across the company and you know, helping to champion some of the, the things that they need alongside some of the things that I think will improve the customer experience. And I think the the more context and understanding you can have about, you know, what your peers are doing or maybe where some of the other focus areas are across the company. Again, it kind of helps you tie that message and you can sometimes um, you know find some some commonalities in the things that you're focused on, uh, maybe from your perspective. And you know, the, you'll be surprised sometimes it can show up in maybe like a marketing uh, challenge or potentially product and engineering. So I think those relationships are just so, so important and being able to speak the same language and kind of move towards a shared mission, you know, I think really helps tell that story in a more meaningful way. Sorry, just on that point. Is that building those relationships? Is it kind of just going in and meeting, you know, the different heads of departments or having regular meetings or what kind of approach do you do in relation to that? Yeah, I think that's typically where I start, right? It's just kind of at the most basic level, make sure you know who someone is, um, understand what their focus and mission is across their team. And you know, kind of like I mentioned, understanding, you know, what are some of the priorities that they have? What are the pain points that that team feels? You know, from a customer experience perspective, oftentimes I'll hear, you know, we, we don't get a lot of feedback from, you know, the customer success or customer support team, or if we do get feedback, it's, you know, always urgent and, you know, whatever the, the situation may be. And so I think that's really important. You know, I think more broadly, as that relationship evolves over time, it's also about kind of connecting the right folks across the teams and kind of back to building some of those communication channels. Uh, one of the things I like to try to do when I think about org design is, you know, who do I want to be the conduit in my organization for the various other teams that we have to interact with, right? So, you know, from a customer experience perspective, product and engineering is a really important partner in most cases. So, you know, I want to make that experience as easy as possible for my peers in those teams so that they know, you know, hey, if I have a product release that I want support or customer success to know about, they should know and have a good understanding of who who the right person to go to is to get that message out to our teams or what's the process that they need to follow. And so I think, you know, I always try to think about the activities and the processes that are happening in my team as sort of a correlation to how am I a good internal customer for some of these other teams. And I think that can really help solidify and strengthen those relationships in a meaningful way. Kind of my last tip in terms of kind of how to tell the experience in a meaningful way is just kind of keep your message like pretty simple and digestible, right? So, you know, I, I have a little bit of a reputation for being like somewhat matter of fact about some of this stuff, right? I try to take a, a pretty unbiased opinion and, and again, kind of support with data and, and facts and information. But, you know, like I try to think about it in terms of, you know, what am I seeing? How big of an issue do I think this is, good or bad? And where possible, you know, hey, here's like a recommended path towards resolution or 
you know, here's why I think this is important. And I think anytime I go into one of these types of conversations, I try to think about, you know, if, if someone were half paying attention or not fully engaged in the conversation, what's maybe the one or two talking points that I would want them to remember or be able to think back on, uh, you know, regardless of how much they care about that particular conversation. So, you know, anytime you can have kind of a, a main takeaway stat or a headline number or, you know, something that's really, really easy for people to latch onto, I, I found that to be very effective as well. That's very, very interesting, Ben. And, you know, you've done this a number of times uh, already. What, can you talk us through maybe some of the challenges that you faced and how did you resolve those challenges? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, some of the more common ones we touched on a little bit, you know, just not having maybe the right visibility or tooling, okay. especially maybe at a, at a younger stage company um, can, can be a challenge. But again, that's, you know, you can kind of overcome that, right? Sometimes you sort of have to start kind of quick and dirty, right? It might be a, a spreadsheet with feedback from the support or customer success team while you work on building some of those better tools. You may not be able to tell that story in a, in a data-driven way yet, and sometimes that's okay. Yeah, I think the other challenge is this is a very sort of time-consuming and bandwidth-heavy sort of process for a company to, to focus on. And so, you know, it really does require a good amount of commitment, you know, across the company. You know, I think it's hopefully central to what companies are trying to do in terms of listening and understanding the customer experience or the customer story. So, you know, usually it's not an insurmountable challenge to, uh, to get some buy-in there, but you know, it, it does take a lot of time and energy. And, you know, as a small growing company, you know, oftentimes there, there are some trade-offs there that you have to make. And, you know, it, it can be challenging to get buy-in at times because there are a lot of other competing priorities, right? And I think this is oftentimes viewed as maybe a little bit more of a nice to have kind of business rhythm. But again, that for my money, I think it's probably, you know, one of the most important things we can be doing as a customer experience professionals. And you mentioned there are the tools. I mean, is there any specific tools you could speak about or recommend that has helped you? Yeah, I mean, I think from a support perspective, um, you know, having a really, you know, reliable and kind of well-designed and implemented, you know, ticketing and sort of data capture system is important. You know, there are a handful of larger players in that space. Um, you know, the Zendesk is, is becoming pretty popular. That's one I've used a few times in my past. You know, my perspective on the ticketing side of the tools and systems for support is, you know, they all have their pros and cons and they all, you know, at this point basically have the same functionality. What I really try to focus on is do we have the team collecting and sort of understanding the right level of information uh, as they're processing those tickets, right? So, you know, one part of the equation is what is this ticket about? Was it a product issue? Was it an education type of a question? Was it a system limitation or gap, right? That is kind of the the what, but the the more important part is the why, right? And I think finding the right way to capture that is um, pretty critical in this in this exercise. So what caused this person to have to reach out? Is it something that they could have self-serviced on their own? And if not, is it something that they should be able to self-service on their own? So, you know, that is really important. Again, I think that comes down to implementation and kind of methodology more than maybe the particular tool. But then, you know, the sort of other category of tools in this space is growing and almost already at an infinite number of options, right? One of the tools that I really like that kind of helps tell an interesting story are some of the sort of chatbot type tools uh, that are also getting, you know, pretty incredible in terms of their capabilities. There's one I've used a few times in my past called Solvi that I really like. 
but that helps you understand in a customer's language, what are the questions that they're trying to ask or where are they sort of getting stuck maybe in the product or in the process. And you know, some of the really interesting insights I've gathered from those types of tools is sometimes just around like word choice and language. Internally, you get comfortable calling something one way, but then come to find find out that customers have a, a totally different name or understanding of what it is. And so sometimes it's even just something as fundamental as that, where if we go reword our content or label this button a little bit differently, like, you know, maybe, maybe customers will understand it a little bit better. So I think those are really important. And then, you know, kind of on the communication and knowledge sharing side, again, that's another sort of subsection of tools that uh, just a crazy number of options out there. And, and a lot of them are really, really good. Yeah, to me, it's again, it's more about how do you implement what's the right tool for your company and, you know, kind of making it simple and make your process fit the tool rather than trying to make the tool fit your process. Okay, very cool. So you don't have to have all these fancy tools. I mean, step by step, but it sounds about. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I think there are the sort of penchant for over-tooling, especially in the industries that I've worked in, is pretty common, right? Because it, it is kind of attractive, right? You look at you know the ability to pay a relatively small amount of money for something that can automate or potentially bring you some of that insight. But you know, kind of back to a comment I made earlier, which is like, they're only as good as how well they're implemented or do they fit within a strategy or are you going to get engagement on the tool across the company or across your customer base? So my approach is typically to keep it a little bit more simple and kind of focus on maybe the critical areas for you at that time. And then, yeah, kind of grow and expand as, uh, as you go. Interesting. So when you, when you go into a client first, would I be correct in saying that's one of the first things you kind of check? How was the customer's story? Uh, being told, uh, and is that measured then based on the metrics that is a priority for the business? Yeah, I think that's that's really one of the first questions I ask. The sort of analogy that I like to use is if you think about a company as kind of a, a central nervous system, I see the customer experience teams as kind of those nerve endings, right? Maybe your fingers or your toes or your sense of smell or your taste. And you know, I like to think about it in terms of like, are those nerve pathways there, right? Do we have a way to know that the left hand is touching something hot? And like, what do we do when we receive that, that signal of hot? So yeah, that's the way I kind of think about it is really like, what are the goals for the customer experience side of the organization, right? From a support perspective, what type of experience are you trying to deliver, right? Sometimes that can be a little bit more of a transactional or, you know, hey, our volume is really high. And so speed and efficiency and accuracy is the most important or are the most important aspects for us. But yeah, for another company, it could be, you know, hey, we're a service focused industry or product and we really want that experience on the service side to be educational and, you know, kind of white glove or handholdy, right? And so the way that you structure and think about telling your story in those two types of environments can be very, very different. On the customer success side, I think it's the same thing, right? It's what is the focus of that team? Is it a revenue-driven team? Is it experience-driven? Are they focused on contract renewals or is you know uh, feature adoption or expansion the most important goal for them, right? And so start to kind of just break it down into pieces, right? It's what are the things that we're trying to achieve um, across the company? What are the functions of these teams and how do they align to those things that you're trying to do at the more broad scale? And then really from there, it's starting to design like what are the activities or the processes or the playbooks or the data or the tools? What are the things that we need in order to start to achieve some of those goals or start to 
enable the team to per- perform the activities that they need to achieve those goals. That's kind of how I think about it, right? Just kind of get down to the most basic building blocks of what are we trying to do? Who are the people that we have trying to do it? And what are the tools and processes that they may need to, to sort of do it along the way? Yeah, fantastic. And to get the buy-in then, because it sounds like you need buy-in from many different departments in the organization. The key, yep. to, what would you say, is the key to getting that buy-in from those departments? Yeah, I mean, I think the buy-in is really comes down to, you know, if we do these things right, or if we were able to execute in this way, what does it mean for us, right? How can I improve the financials of the company if we do this the right way? You know, hey, product and engineering, how can I give you quality feedback about things that might inform the product roadmap or how to prioritize bugs or, you know, what sort of what's in it for me, right? People are, yeah. you know, not, okay. don't mean this in a, in a negative way, but yeah, yes, the people yes. are inherently a little bit selfish, right? And so I think if you can tell that message in a way that articulates sort of the benefit for them, that certainly helps your cause as well. It's a win-win. Uh, And okay, so how do you see the customer story evolving for the future? Yeah, I think one of the most fascinating things, you know, I'm a big technology nerd myself. And, you know, I think automation and sort of where we're heading from a tooling perspective on the customer experience side is really, really exciting. And so, you know, I think for small and medium sized companies, I think that human driven customer experience will sort of be a strategic differentiator for customers rather than sort of a a necessity for them today, right? And so I think the decision as these tools get better and more robust and more nuanced will really be about what types of things or when do I want my customers to talk to a human and what are are the goals of those interactions? Um, I think there's a, a large percentage of what we do across the CX organization in a typical company today that you know, in the next five or ten years, there really hopefully won't be a need for people to perform some of those activities, and so that's kind of where I see things going. Is where where are those interactions that drive value for customers or drive value for us as a business, and how do we sort of build a customer journey around inserting people into the right parts of that process, and then kind of building the tools and automation around all that to do all the other things that a customer may need to do, may need to do throughout the day. Awesome, Ben. It was a pleasure to speak with you today and some great takeaways and looking forward to feedback from our audience. So thank you so much. If people would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Yeah, LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. You can find me there. And uh, yeah. Fantastic, Ben. Thank you for your time today. Thanks,